You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. We are joined by the host of the Right Time podcast. First time on the show. Good to welcome in Bomani Jones. Hey, Bomani, how are you? Doing all right, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Bomani also has a video series called Bulldoze, which focuses in on the teams that couldn't get past MJ. Thanks, Bomani. Just what Nick fans need. Another, <laughs> another reminder. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, though? We actually do a lot more celebrating those teams than just knocking them for losing the mic. It's like a reminder of what was good about them as opposed to just letting them be footnotes. You know, it's interesting because when you, it was interesting to hear what Phil Jackson had to say about them. Even Michael Jordan, who's coming up through this series of the right of the last dance, but money not been very complimentary of a lot of folks, but they, there was a little bit of respect with which how they looked and faced those Nick teams of the nineties. Yeah, but it's interesting given that they feel the opposite about the Pistons, right? But there is yep. a certain like game recognized game element to the idea of y'all want this as bad as we do, right? Like, And I think that's something that Jordan can respect above all else. What Jordan seems to struggle with is people who just don't want it, right? Like, imagine being as good as him and wanting it as bad as he does. You can live with the fact that people ain't as good as you, but how do you live with the fact that people don't want it as bad as you? And the Knicks wanted it as bad as him. Uh, you mean like Clyde Drexler? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I always feel like Clyde like gets a little bit of a bad rap on that. But he was just raw dude in the raw place at the raw time. Like, how dare he have his best season that year that they played against the Bulls in the finals? You know, Bamani, uh, even at that time, Michael Jordan came under a lot of, of you know, criticism for not, you know, backing Mr. Gand and, and the whole quote of Republicans wear sneakers too. You know, Bamani, African-American athletes have an interesting burden, right? Because we in the African-American community, we, we we ask a lot of them. We expect them to represent us because they they get into this place where they where only few of us are allowed to play cards, and we want to play cards too, and we feel like, you know, we got somebody in there that's going to rep us that we'll be okay. Are, are we Are we putting an unfair burden on some of our athletes? Uh, I think it's fair to say to an extent, right? Like, my issue with Mike is not about, like, whether he did or did not, you know, what he did or didn't do for Hardy Kent, as much as, be honest about the fact, man, like, it's clear that you don't want to do anything that offends people, right? And his public image and the affection of the public is something he's always been very much so concerned with. Just be real about that fact, right? You don't have to put it in some, you know, I just not into politics. I was focusing on my basketball and everything else, man. It's been 30 years since he gave that quote. Mike still kicks it the exact same way. Now, like, as for the burden, I think if you're not that guy to do it, then you're not that guy to do it. And I can live with that fact. I don't think it's necessarily fair to say that just because you're good at this one thing that you have this obligation to do something else. I also think that Mike gets a bad rap, particular on this, because the whole NBA, like Magic Johnson would not here at no anti-apartheid rallies either, right? about that. It's only Mike that winds up having to carry this, right? Like it goes beyond just simply the idea of what we ask for black athletes because maybe even asking this of all of the black athletes is a very particular thing to Michael Jordan, but he's made the decision to not really stand on anything. That's his mm-hmm. call, but I also think that people have the right to judge him for that to a degree. Because here's the thing. If you are Michael Jordan and you can't even come out here and say what you feel about something, then like how much power do you really have being Michael Jordan? Yeah, you're right. And, but I, you know what, Bomani, I think we, and I agree with you, we have more of a problem with the quote that's attributed to him than the fact of, as you mentioned, the fact that he didn't do anything. See, if he said, as you mentioned, look, 
I don't know what's going on in that race. I'm, you know, I want to stay away from it, but just the Republicans buy sneakers too makes it seem like it's all about the money. Yeah, and it was also a race involving Jesse Helms, right? Like, Absolutely. this wasn't just some kind of garden variety, somebody's running for Senate in North Carolina situation, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, a point that I made yesterday on Twitter about this, Lou Holtz was the football coach at Arkansas and got fired in 1983 for recording Jesse, Holmes ad, Jesse Helms' ad at his office, right? Like, Helms was polarizing enough in Arkansas in 1983, so, like, the idea that this is, you know, like, I don't know what's going on. Yes, you do. Like, you knew what was going on. You just didn't want to do it. And if you didn't want to do it, then I would prefer you just say you didn't want to do it as opposed to try to make it, you know, wrap it up in some way where you could be like, yeah, but I gave the money. Like, I can, where I can, where I can sympathize with Mike is that I personally do not get involved in electoral politics in public. Like, that's just a decision I made. I'm not giving anybody any money. I don't want people tracking down who I'm giving money. Like, I don't, I don't exist in that space for that very reason. Um, it might want to say that. And I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I can hear you. But I do understand people thinking that Jesse Helms' election had a bit of an asterisk to it. Yeah, absolutely. Bomani, what do you think of the last dance so far? I think it's going pretty well. Um, I think for a lot of people, those who have not watched Mike play in a while, it does something for them. Those who never saw him play like in a contemporaneous fashion, I think it does a lot for them. Just to be reminded, like they only made one of these. Like, as good as LeBron is and exciting as LeBron is, he's not Michael Jordan. And that's no shade to LeBron James. They just really only made one of these. And so I think it's something cool to be able to just kind of soak in the fact that they only made one of these. It's, it's true. And the interesting thing for me in this series, Bomani, has been uh, Dennis Rodman, right? And, and one of the th- he is a guy who, say what you may about him, what he does off the court, all the other stuff, but here's a guy who understands what his role is, knows what his role is, understands what his role is, and is a scientist for that role. When you see him watching video and can tell you where the ball's going to bounce from this angle, so I stand here and position himself, he comes off in this, yeah, we know he's crazy, but you know what? They, I don't know that they get these next three if he's not there. No, they probably don't. I mean, they were able to get him basically for nothing, right? Like they traded Will Purdue um, in order to get him. And what he did, though, was he made their defense so unfair. Like, they that 96 season, they used to run when they were down. Like, the rare times that would happen is crazy 2-2-1, two, two, three-quarter court trap with um, Robin on the back line and I want to say Pippen and Jordan on the second line. And it was just like sharks out there, man. Like, what was anybody supposed to do against that matchup of people, right? Ron Harper's on the front line. What are you supposed to do? And the answer was nothing but give them the ball right back. Bomani Jones is my guest. He's host of the Right Time Podcast, also has a video series called Bulldoze, which focuses on teams that couldn't pass MJ. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Bomani, let's let's talk a little bit about the situation we're in with this COVID-19 pandemic. And so many people are telling me, well, we're maybe we're going to move the NBA, finish the season, move it. We can always start the new season, you know, January 1, or we can move hockey, or football's going to be okay. We'll start that on time, baseball. Bomani, are we going to have sports this year again? Um, I find it to be a bit unlikely because it seems to be difficult for them to be able to pull off all the logistics to make this fair. Now, NASCAR is trying to have like seven races in 11 days coming up. They think they, they think they figured out a way to get it done. And hopefully for them, they have. But if anybody that is involved in this that's positive, this whole thing is going to shut down. And it's hard for me to believe they're going to be able to do this without people testing positive. And that's going to scare them enough, I would think, to shut it down. Like, look, if they can figure out how to do it safely, then I'm all for it. I ain't going until I can get my shots myself <laughs> me and you both and it's funny because uh espn did a study 
the fans' favorite sports without the spectators going. So the spectators, are like, the fans are like, listen, we'll be watching on our big screens at home till you all figure this out. Yeah, yeah, but we ain't going. Right? right. It's too risky. It, it, it's just entirely too risky at this point. Like, I think there's a relatively small and loud number of people that are just like, I'm going to go back. This is, you know, this thing ain't real. Most people believe that this is real, man. Like, it's gone on long enough that it's reached people in a personal way that they can't just write it off as something that's on the news. And I think that for the most part, like, you know, you see the pictures on the internet of people at the park and stuff like that. But overall, man, I think people are taking this really seriously. And it's going to be hard for them to reconcile going to these stadiums with taking it seriously. And from the athlete standpoint, Bomani, how do you get them ready? Get them ready, pull them back? I mean, you know, with the NBA, what, a month to get them ready? And then what are you going to do? You can't continue the season because you're going to bring everybody back. There's too many people for you to test. And then, they, you know, they're not involved in the postseason if they're going to do anything. I mean, you would think they would just go say, you know what? Here's the postseason. Sorry if you were a game out. <laughs> That's the way it goes. We're, we're, we're stepping back in. Yeah, I mean – I, I applaud Adam Silver, though. His thing is, and he knows how to look. He's like, until there's widespread nationwide testing, we're not going to hoard a bunch of tests. Mm-hmm. You know, and that actually may be the biggest holder for the NBA. It's holding that principle. Yeah, absolutely. Bamani, I want to get your thoughts on the NFL real quick. Uh, what's your read on Andy Dalton backing up Dak Prescott in Dallas? I mean, I know they don't want to pay him, and I know they're not sure that Dak is the, quote, franchise quarterback, unquote, but the Red Rifle? Now, Andy Dalton's the backup quarterback. That's what that means. They brought him in to be the backup quarterback. Like, if, if the Cowboys think that Andy Dalton's a legitimate threat to Dak Prescott, then they're, they're such big idiots that nothing else matters. Um, if they thought that Andy Dalton could replace Dak Prescott, they would have traded Dak Prescott by now and signed Andy Dalton for $3 million. Like, that's how that all would have gone. I just think that that is a, a premium option as a backup quarterback, right? It's a terrible option as a starter, but as a backup quarterback, you can do a lot worse than Andy Dalton. And I think they saw that opportunity and took it. Yeah, I it's it, it, it's interesting because it's almost kind of like too, Bomani. You know, you know how coaches do when you're trying to get your money. Well, we'll light a fire on you. We're not sure if you're really the franchise guy, so we're you know we we I know you want the long term contract. You have to show us. And he's been in the situation talking about Dak Prescott, where I mean he started out as, as some people's conversation was the MVP last year, and then it seemed like late in the season he just fell off the map. Yeah, except if you watched it, man, it was it really wasn't about Prescott. He was one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL next year. Like I, I like by pretty much any metric that I trust, he was one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL next year. They just don't want to pay him, but they're going to have to. They have no choice. Like, like what quarterback are you going to go get? There is no answer. They're going to have to pay. Bomani, the NCAA keeps me shaking my head day after day after day. This likeness, this whole other thing going on. They want to put the kids in. Bomani, what's our option? How can we get rid of the NCAA? <laughs> um, I mean, it looks like the pandemic might do it, honestly, man. Like, this is about to be a real financial crunch on these dudes. And everything they're talking about with the name, image, and likeness, okay, whatever. We'll see how this plays out. Number one concern for these schools is how are they going to financially survive this pandemic? What are they going to do if there is no college football season and that's where all the revenue comes in to pay all these people's salaries and to pay for all these schools and to pay for all these sports and everything else? You know, if you believe in Darwinism, like this, it may do it for you. Yeah. This is going to be interesting to see how, to see how all these sports, like even baseball, you hear the, the owners mumbling, well, you know, there's no fans. How am we going to pay these players? You know, all this stuff. So it's, you know, we talk about the pandemic and we talk about having a, you know, a cure and, and, and having shots and stuff like that. And that's, there's no question about it. That's one side. But Pomani, what do we know? It's always about the money and the money also will make it, will be, have a large part in this decision as well. Yeah, no, I mean, to be fair to these guys, if your job is making money, I don't blame them for wanting to get out here and make money. I just don't think there's going to be any way for them to do it. Like, look, one thing about it, man, people dying from coming to your games ain't good for business. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that's that. On. Nobody needs that on their names. Nobody yep. does. Yep. And that's why I'm leaning toward you where I believe that I don't think they're coming back because they're not going to be able to make money until people, as you said earlier, are able to get their shot to know that they're okay. And, and then they'll come back little by little. But, you know, in this situation, I, I really don't see it happening until they get that done. No, I'm with you. But Monty Jones, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for a couple of minutes. All right, man. You have a good one. All right, you too. Continue success with the Right Time Podcast and, of course, the video series called Bulldoze. That was Bamani Jones joining us here. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight Podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.